Strava Craft Coffee. It's rich CBD-infused coffee that you can purchase in K-cups for your Keurig, whole bean, or ground. Purchase online for 20% off using code DNVR20. Order online, it ships to you incredibly fast. You can try it at Carbon Cafe and Bar, Drip Denver, Slow High Coffee, Blue Sparrow Coffee, and Max Market. CBD is non-psychoactive, has been known to help long-term migraines, decreasing anxiety, arthritis, IBS, etc., CBD has done wonders for me, and since I've been drinking Strava Craft Coffee, I find myself much less jittery, and I promise you a schedule and lifestyle in where I drink a great deal of coffee. I was starting to feel the effects of it, but CBD has given me a ton more energy and focus with none of the shakes and all of the negative things that come from coffee. So remember to go online, purchase for 20% off using code DNVR20. And go in the air, deep right center go. field. Two run, home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, he'll watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two run, home run, David Dahl. Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love Welcome in to the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 18 locations across Colorado or go online to mygreensolution.com. Use that promo code DNVR20. You'll get 20% off your entire purchase. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNBR Rockies. And on this episode, I uh, wanted to give a few thoughts after today's spring training game. It was a 5-2 loss to the Oakland A's. Obviously, I'm not getting too much into game details at this point. But Kyle Freeland was back out there on the mound. Had a little bit of a scare with the back. Sounds like he's going to be fine. Uh, wanted to give some thoughts on his performance. Nolan Arenado hit his first home run of the spring. couple of thoughts on that I wanted to share with you. A lot of people have been asking. I wrote an article but figured I'd do some follow-up on Brett Boswell and then maybe do some previewing of an article that I've been working on about kind of the, the players that I think are getting a little bit overlooked in the rush to criticize the Rockies quite fairly in, in many cases for you know, the moves they didn't make in the offseason. Uh, I think some of these uh, other moves that they did make are being overlooked a little bit. And so I think it's worth jumping into all of that, having that conversation. And I want to be able to answer as many questions as I possibly can uh, if you've got them here on the Periscope or the, the Facebook live chat here. So, and actually I did want to begin with one that came in right before we started because it comes from Jake who says, Todd Helton's going to be in the show 20. It's always really bothered me, uh, the lack of Rockies legends that are in the show ever since they've been really emphasizing and they should. Baseball's got such a history. It's really great to, in the video game, get to see things like 
Stan Musial taken an at-bat against uh, Greg Maddox or Tom Seaver or something like that. But uh, there have always been some pretty high-profile missing ones. And, you know, for the Rockies throwback guys, it's pretty much been like younger versions of Troy Tulowitzki and Carlos Gonzalez. And there have been some Dante Bichette. That, that's been fun. That's like the one classic Rocky that they've had in the game. But never Walker or Helton or like Galarraga or anything like that. So, hooray! <clears throat> That's awesome. I'm very excited for that. Uh, uh, but for those of you who don't play video games, let's talk about the baseball out there on the field today. As I mentioned, uh, Kyle Freeland came out to the mound in the third inning. He was scheduled to go three, or at least they, they wanted to see him go three, which is interesting. This time of year, usually two, you know, but he was working pretty efficiently, as Freeland often does when he's going well, which he was. Um... That's what happens. He, he has a low pitch count. He gets early, weak contact. And that's what he was doing today, other than uh, a single home run that he gave up to Chad Pinder. Uh, it wasn't barreled perfectly. It was a bit of a wall scraper. That guy is strong, though. Uh, he really he, he got into that one, and, and Freeland missed his spot a little bit. Um, but <clears throat> for the most part, Freeland looked really good uh, and was getting the kind of results that you want. He didn't appear to like be fighting his new delivery that doesn't have the hitch in it, any of those types of things. It was just two innings, uh, the precautionary, you know, taking him out. But overall, you know, this is what you wanted to see uh, from him so far on the mound. Uh, you you want to see him get some of that confidence and swagger back and... Uh, I think that, um, oh, and, and at R underscore crossing him, reminding me that Pinder is both a, a lefty killer and that MLB The Show is also going to have all the minor leaguers, which is also a super cool addition, something that, of course, comes as I'm less familiar with the minor league system than I have been in the last seven or eight years. But, um, oh, Jose already asking me for... Uh, the Rockies record, I'm not quite ready to give my prediction on the Rockies win total yet, Jose, but I will say I'm kind of leaning in that 84 to 86 range. There are certain things I could find out when I get down there to spring training that would bump that number up, and there are some things I could find out that could that could drag that number down a little bit, and so I gotta find some stuff out, but that's kind of the range. I think they're gonna be in the mix. I do think they're going to be, for most of the season, in that wild card mix, if, if that's helpful. Uh, before I get back into the stuff I want to talk about, I'll just go through the questions that have come in so far. Frank says, who is going to start at first? It's almost certainly going to be Daniel Murphy. Uh, the only way it won't be Daniel Murphy is if he plays really well and the Rockies trade Daniel Murphy. And then it would be Ryan McMahon with Garrett Hampson and or Brendan Rodgers whenever he gets healthy as the most likely candidates to take over at second base. I see the conversation here, uh, hoping for maybe a look at Fuentes. He could work into that conversation. You know, I think Fuentes is battling for a spot on this opening day 
roster and with a good spring uh, because you can play some third. Obviously, you're pretty set there, but on days, you know, everybody needs days off here and there, and stuff happens. Uh, you can play first base for you. I like his defense. Uh, so if his bat really starts to come around, I think Fuentes, uh, especially as a righty, uh, with, with if he can bring some thump, I want to see Fuentes start hitting for a little bit of pop now. Um, but I think he could work into this conversation absolutely. He's not going to start at first base. Uh, I, I don't. I really think Daniel Murphy is going to have a good year. I know people aren't excited about him right now, but. Uh, I, I just think it's very unlikely that he loses the first base job uh, due to poor performance. Uh, John wants to know, is Ian Desmond ever going to be good? Actually, yeah, I think this is the year um, that, because I think they're finally going to like play him properly. And I'll admit that I, I've gone back and forth on this and I haven't always had the right opinion on Ian Desmond here. Um, but... I think that there's, um, if I'm reading the signs correctly, and I suppose I'd like to believe that I am, I think they're really going to platoon him this year. I mean, I don't think he's going to be your every, he's, he's definitely not going to be your everyday first baseman or your everyday starting center fielder. And so that limits his ability to damage the club the way he has in years past. Now, I've made a habit of pointing out the things that he does well that I think get overlooked, and I will continue to do that. And one of those things has been he crushes lefties. Also, the numbers like him just fine in left field. He's actually slightly above, certainly the Rockies average outfielder in left. So if you platoon him with Tapia and Hill, and there's just such a natural platoon. I think Tapia has shown he can... Hit. I know people are still down on him, but if not, then you can go to Hilliard. You've got two of them. You got two lefty youngsters who you, you can give a shot to and still know that your backup there is a veteran that Bud Black does feel comfortable with. He does do certain things well that a lot of people don't think about or care about. Like he always hits the cutoff man, he never throws to the wrong bag, he doesn't take terrible routes. You know, he generally puts up a pretty good at-bat that we all remember the three-pitch strikeouts. Uh, and as I mentioned, you know, the hitting of the lefties. The, there are things. Uh, the pop-speed combination. Uh, but if played properly, yes, I think this is the year that people are going to be looking down. And he's going to have, like, you know, the positive WRC plus and things like that because he's only getting his at-bats in those uh, situations. At Blake underscore rap wants to know uh, any reaction on one of the more underreported news on Bernier Bernier I'm not sh quite sure how to pronounce his name I, I haven't met him uh, before and the the scout that they moved into a, a role in analytics I need to learn a little bit more about this uh, I've read you know the very basic reports that the the good news top line takeaway right is that the Rockies are making moves toward being more analytically inclined. Is it enough? Uh, what is his role really going to be? How do I pronounce his name? All of these are questions that will be answered in time. Um, you know, what... But I've seen, again, this is one where, you know, I'm kind of reading the tea leaves. There's a lot of things that I'm looking at here. And another one, this sort of goes hand in hand with... Uh, Steve Merriman, who the Rockies have now moved into a more coordinated 
role across the entire organization, and he's a pretty analytically inclined guy, and he comes from outside the organization. He's only been with Colorado for a couple of years, and so I think that's a move toward you know that type of analysis, and we saw some of the results of that out there on the field today in Ashton Godot, who is a 26-year-old who pitched in double A last year. So he's like a year and a half older than league average. You're not getting super excited about that, but he's got late bloomer written all over him. He, he looks exactly like, and we've reported on this before, Patrick Lyons has written about this. Other people have done so as well. That when Steve Merriman kind of was able to get into him and get him the data and, and, and get him to, fix a couple of things about himself. The guy had a 207 ERA last year. Then he goes to the Arizona Fall League, doesn't give up a run over 13 innings there. He shows up at spring training and he's looked as locked in and and tight as any pitcher who's stepped on the mound for the Colorado Rockies. And at 26 years old, you know, he's he's too old to be a prospect prospect that was going to make people think the Rockies farm system was good, right? But this is a dude who I really think has an opportunity to impact the club this year. And it goes back to another conversation we've had about the more these types of players perform, the easier it's going to be for the Rockies to part ways with Brian Shaw, who gave up a run again today, or Jake McGee, if he continues to struggle, whoever else it may be uh, across the board. So Will wants the Desmond Hilliard platoon. Like that that you could get you could legitimately get 50 home runs out of a platoon like that. <laughs> like like that like Des and strike out 250 times <laughs> like that like but that's an insane speed power combination to throw in left field and be able to play matchups. Again, I'm assuming, you know, if Hilliard plays up to his potential and if Desmond just does what his platoon numbers suggest he should be able to do if there isn't some kind of drop-off because now he's not playing every day or, or, or something like that. You know, there, there are certain assumptions that have to be made there. But Desmond and Hilliard, I promise you this, uh, would be fascinating to watch out there on the rugby pitch. I'm going to go with pitch. I'm going to maybe field. I'm going to assume pitch. Uh, I went with my girlfriend and her dad last weekend to the Colorado Raptors game. It was so much fun. And no, I didn't know what was going on most of the time. Kicking the ball out of bounds on purpose is a bigger thing than I realized it was. I started to understand why uh, about 30 minutes into the game. It's this amazing amalgamation of all the sports that you know. And so you can just kind of start putting things together. Uh, if you don't know it, I highly recommend checking out Colton Strickler's podcast on our network. Uh, I'm learning so much from it. I could stand to listen a little bit more so I'm more prepared next time. But it's been so much fun. It came down to the very last minute. There was a, a comeback, and it was a it looked like they had scored the try, the, the equivalent of, kind of, the, of the touchdown, right? 
uh, the, our Colorado team had made this epic comeback to tie it up with no time left. Uh, but because of a rule I didn't understand, the <laughs> the play was overturned. But I was heartbroken. I was heartbroken nonetheless. It was a blast. The facilities are gorgeous. Infinity Park was really a great place to take in uh, the thing. Like you could stand in line for a little bit if you're going to get a beer, Breckenridge beer, of course. Uh, and you could still see the field no matter where you were. Like, that's a big deal to me. That's something I don't think enough venues take into account. Uh, so I cannot more highly recommend. And Will's right. Rugby players are legitimately. These guys are like, they got, they are crazy, man. <laughs> and they are built like trucks. Uh, if you go even if you've never been, maybe especially if you've never been. Like I said, my girlfriend's dad had never been to a rugby game before. We walk in, he goes, um, next time you do this, make sure you call me. We're coming back to do this again. Uh, it was so much fun. Right after this show, search for the DNVR Raptors podcast. Uh, uh, Connor will take you through all the... Uh, Connor, Colton will take you through all of this stuff. Uh, and... If you've got kids, there were a lot of kids there having fun. Five bucks to get in. I promise you, you'll have a good time. All right, I want to get back to a couple of these other things I wanted to mention, but got a, a question here from at McHomer Season uh, saying, Do you think Wade Davis, uh, how do I think Wade Davis will do this year? I think Wade Davis will do well. I, th I, th I think he's the most likely of the guys who can or should or need to bounce back um, even more than Freeland because there's less of it. Like, I'm positive on Freeland, but that's more of an in my heart, in my gut. Like, I believe in that young man. Like, I think he's going to dig down and figure out what it takes and make the necessary adjustments, and he's not going down like that. You know, like, like kind of like that's my take on Kyle Freeland. Uh, a lot of the advanced numbers would tell you... Uh, that Freeland was never going to be a, a top-line pitcher ever again. He allows too much contact uh, that maybe he could get, though, to being a, a middle-of-the-rotation type of guy. I, I believe in the heart of that young man, though. Wade Davis, there's just a very logical brain numbers, and I think the baseball was BS on him last year. Um, almost as bad as anybody. And so I think that, and, and my early, the early rumblings, and thank you to Mary Pace for, for sending me uh, a piece on this as well, is that the baseball is going to be a better situation. It's not going to be quite so quote-unquote juiced. And that's going to help out Wade Davis. But I also just, he's too smart. He's got too much success in this league. Uh, his road numbers showed that I, I just think so much of what happened to him last year was it, like it began as a physical thing. It turned into a mental thing. It completely snowballed out of control. Uh, but this is a guy, he's still 32 years old. He spent like seven years being one of the most feared relievers in all of baseball. And I, I think the outlier season needs to be taken with a grain of salt at this point. Right now, you know, Kyle Freeland's resume is this jumbled kind of mixed bag. One incredible year, 
one terrible year and one mediocre year as a rookie. So a mediocre year as a rookie, as a rookie Rocky, I, I put as a plus, but depends on how you, you want to look at that. Where Davis, you're like, guys picked up the final out in a World Series. Uh, he went through one postseason where he had like 14 consecutive scoreless innings. I I think he's got it in him to figure it out. Um, and I, I don't think he's old enough or washed enough. I don't see the drop in velo and, and at times he had too much movement on his cutter and knuckle curve. Like he couldn't throw the ball where he wanted last year. He makes a slight mechanical adjustment. That guy's tough to line up unless that cutter comes right over the middle of the plate, then you could line it up. But yeah, I think I think Davis of all the guys, like I think there's a chance for Shaw, but unlikely. Oh, and I would put McGee even lower to bounce back. Um, of the uh, who else are the bounce back candidates? So, I but I think Davis has got to be at the top of that list. Um, and part of that is just also he was so bad last year. I just there's no way he's not going to be better than that. Um, but if he is, they got to cut. They got to cut bait. They got to get away from him quickly, quickly, quickly. Um, all right. If you can think of other people that need to bounce back, throw them at me while I'm talking about Brett Boswell, who is sort of a position player version of Ashton Godot. Not in the sense that he's maybe made a big later later in his minor league career adjustment, but that he's a bit older at 25 for having never played above the double-A level. And his numbers last year are, on face value, not super impressive, right? He's got, he hit like 219, I think. Um, But, and I wrote about this today, one of the one of the things that always needs to be kept in mind is the Eastern League and your first year as a Hartford Yard Goat trying to hit is just insane. Like uh, everybody who's gone to that level, their first several hundred at bats look like this. Um, Ryan McMahon, most famously, really got you know hit in the low two hundreds. Um, his first several games at this level in the Eastern league just suppresses offense. So one of the things I pointed out at the time with McMahon too, I think he had like a 98 WRC plus despite hitting like 209 because he still had some pop and it's tough to hit out there. And it was a very similar situation with Boswell. He hit 15 home runs despite hitting just 219 and actually ended up with a positive WRC plus because that's how offensively suppressed the Eastern league is. I think it was like 101. So Brett Boswell at age 24, so a little bit older than league average in AA, was about a league average hitter, while also playing some shortstop, some second base, and some center field. You can move him over to third, you can put him out and left. So uh, he's a quality defender at all of those spots. Doesn't bring a ton of speed, a little bit, you know, average, um, but quite the defensive versatility and the pop looks like it may be real. The year before that, between two levels, he hit 27 home runs. And 
you know, it's not a monster number by any means, but building a profile out of I can play almost any spot on the diamond and you can throw me out there as a left-handed bat who can run into the ball and and hit it over the wall like lots of guys have made their careers on that profile. So again, he's somebody who's not going to jump off the board at you as a prospect, particularly because you know he still hasn't hit the AAA level. He's 25 now. Um, you know he didn't do much at the Arizona Fall League, but he's going to get some at bats here in spring training. And I think it's fair to you know everybody keep an eye on him. I still think it's most likely he starts over again at Double A. Um, but if he does what Ryan McMahon and David Dahl and Dom Nunez and those guys, I don't think Dahl had to repeat, but McMahon and Nunez have done when they've had to go back to Hartford and repeat. You make that adjustment and he hits well. You move him up to AAA, he continues to do it. I think they could have something here. So it's way too early to be getting overly excited about his six for eight with a a home run and his six RBI so far this spring. Uh, but, you know, he, he, if he's locked in at the plate, he's locked in at the plate. And you always take a long look at guys who can hit with some consistency. And he's he's had much higher batting. The other thing about looking at his 219 from last year is that's much, much, much lower than he was. Like, he'd, he'd had years before that where he's in the 290 area. So if he can go back to being a, a contact and power guy, who can play all those different positions. Like, no, he's not going to be the scary. He's not the next Sam Hilliard in terms of, you know, lower round draft picks who have really turned into a threat. You know, we'll see. But I don't don't think he's going to be that. But I do think he could work his way into being much more of a known commodity and there's a reason the the Rockies are giving him some of these at-bats early. Uh, at, uh, <laughs> I'm going to do it again. McMahomer season uh, mentions, yeah, Daniel Murphy also is a bounce-back candidate. I think he's the, the best bounce-back position player for sure. And, and so between the two of them, Davis and Murphy, I would honestly say Murphy. Uh, I just, he's just going to hit. I really think last year had everything to do with him having a broken thumb and he still hit like 285 or whatever it was. And like, it's not like, I think he's going to be fine. Um, in fact, I think he's going to be more than fine. I, I think there's a pretty good chance that Daniel Murphy has a, a, a pretty epic season and it's similar reasoning to, um, whoa, what happened there? Um, whoa, sorry about that. It's very similar reasoning to Wade Davis because of the resume. And you just look at what Murphy has done, and last year was such an outlier. It was also his first year having to deal with the Coors Field hangover effect, uh, th- that whole situation. I So Murphy I would put over Davis, and then Davis second on the most likely to bounce back power rankings, if that's if that's what we're suddenly doing here. Uh, so, yeah, the I did also want to make a quick note of the Nolan Arenado home run today. 
Obviously, it's no surprise that Nolan Arenado hits home runs and him doing so in February really shouldn't mean anything. But I thought it was particularly interesting that uh, he left himself in the game until the seventh. Uh, Just about all of the other starters had come out of the game and he apparently felt like he needed one more at bat. And I wasn't there. I'm, I'm sure it's being asked. I'm sure it's been confirmed by the time you're listening to this. But I bet anything that that was his decision, that he just went up and said, hey, buddy, you know, don't, I, I see we're taking everybody out and we're, we're getting all the kids in, and that's good. That's, that's great. Um, I'd like one more at bat today. I, I feel like I didn't get what I needed out of that. Line. I'm trying to remember. I think he had a quick out even in the one before. So I think he just wanted to see a few more pitches. He wanted to give himself a better live practice than he felt like he had gotten. And he goes up there and goes, yak. And it's just like, yeah, that's what you do. Like, that's what the great ones do. They know what they need. Uh, And it was just a reminder of the level that this guy is on. Uh, A very subtle thing. And you can't get too excited about home runs in February. But... I just, I just really enjoyed that, that Nolan's out there in a game with a bunch of minor leaguers and guys fighting for jobs, and he hits a game-tying home run in the seventh inning, not because he's trying to tie the game or, or do whatever. He was just, he just wanted one more round of BP, basically, and that's what he did with it. The guy's incredible. You know who else is incredible? Is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects over at Denver Rubber Company. Since 1972, they have provided the highest quality of products from custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, to custom contract manufacturing, and custom hoses. The snow is still out there. We're probably going to get one or two more this season. You're going to be dealing with it while I'm down in Scottsdale, but don't worry because Denver Rubber Company is your one-stop shop for everything snow plows the blades can be cut to any length and slotted for mounting to meet your exact specifications denver rubber company custom makes all of it and you can purchase products for yourself you can buy in bulk at a fantastic rate they've been locally owned and operated since 1972 so be sure to call them today for all the snow plow needs custom gaskets hoses etc 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash dnvr and tell them who sent them. So Will says, rather have a team with the pitchers parks in the Eastern League than another one in the uh, like the PCL or, or the Northwestern League, the Pioneer League, uh, and that is the, a minor league team with pitchers parks in those situations. Yeah, I mean, I actually think it's probably good for the Rockies to have that mix of both, uh, I've always thought. And this is going to be a, a really interesting battle, you know, when they do this whole thing about are they going to get rid of some of the minor league teams because some of it's not just about, like, convenience or even just, you know, the the big argument that I would make about the communities that love baseball in places like Grand Junction, which, yes, happens to be my hometown, but put all of that aside, Grand Junction has an environment that's similar to Denver. It's at altitude. It's a little bit higher. It's a little bit drier. Uh, and the ballpark there plays very offensive. And I have talked to, I think, everyone who's ever played for the Grand Junction Rockies. 
Uh, I've definitely talked to everyone who's played for the Grand Junction Rockies and made it all the way to the big leagues, the pitchers in particular. John Gray, Kyle Freeland, Carlos Estevez, and yes, I've asked them this question both on and off the record, and they go, yeah. Carlos will even tell you, like, yeah, getting knocked around there and jamming a guy up and in and seeing a pop fly fly over the fence helped prepare me for some things that I was going to need to do and some things I was going to need to do differently. John, they'll all tell you that. And so, you know, I, I think it's good to have the opposite because you, you, well, you go on the road sometimes too, and you've got to get guys ready to play in, in a multitude of environments. But I do think that as long as Coors Field is going to play super offensive, it it helps the Rockies out to have these minor league stadiums play that way. And particularly when they can play at altitude, like Albuquerque's at a little bit of altitude as well. So if the Rockies end up losing these affiliates, it's not just like, oh man, that's a real bummer for the people of Grand Junction or Albuquerque. Um, it's also like literally a competitive disadvantage. Uh, it, it, it's, it, it hurts them competitively because they can't train their players now in a similar environment to the one they will eventually have to play. And we all know, I mean, they won't stop telling us how important and impactful the environment is to baseball in Denver. But it is, it, like, it matters. It needs to be discussed. It needs to be a part of the conversation. And as such, it should get to be a part of this conversation about whether or not to get rid of minor league teams and whether or not that disproportionately negatively impacts clubs like the Colorado Rockies. Spoiler alert, it does. So, you know, hopefully that doesn't happen. Anyway, I think I'm going to wrap that one up here. I do have a few thoughts on a few other topics, but I think I'm going to save them for the next podcast when I'm able to talk them over with our guy, Patrick Lyons. So make sure you send in any questions. We're going to be giving special attention on some of these dual pods to questions that are sent in on the website. So if you want Patrick and I to talk about a topic tomorrow, that's going to be on a Friday so you're probably listening to this on Friday, so I probably should have said today, but still, we're going to be recording in the late afternoon, early evening time on Friday. If you want us to talk about something, get your comment or question in on the website. Subscribe to the DNVR.com. Go on down to the bottom of the page where the podcast is posted. Leave your comment there, and we 100% guaranteed no matter what, no questions asked unless there's bad words in it, uh, we will answer your question. Nothing of a personal nature, obviously. Nothing like that. But beyond that, keep it relatively clean and leave it on the website. We'll answer 100%. You are guaranteed to have your question read. Uh, and we're going to start doing that at least once a week. So maybe try to get in the habit of that. And you can leave it on any of the podcast threads. 
any any given podcast episode. Thank you so much listening into this one. Make sure you're following us on all the social media, doing the stuff, buying the hats. I'm wearing this DNVR one here now. That's pretty fun and cool. All the merchandise over at DNVR Locker. Drink your Breckenridge brew. You know you need to do it. It's like homework. No, it's not like homework in any way. Uh, <laughs> there is in no way it's like homework. I just said it like it was. Uh, it's clearly the opposite of homework, which is one of the reasons why Breckenridge Brew is so amazing. Uh, and so are you. You continue to be absolutely awesome. I promise I'll continue to be absolutely true, Creaseman. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark. The Green Solution has eight. 18 locations in Colorado. It is the place to get marijuana, edibles, concentrates, you name it. Download the app or go to mygreensolution.com and use code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. It's quick, easy to use. The 18 Green Solution locations are in the metro area, so there's definitely one near you. The Express Checkout will have you in and out in no time. No lines, no waiting. These are the best prices you're going to get for the best quality. I promise you, you check out Green Solution, you're not going to be disappointed. So remember to download the app or go to mygreensolution.com and use code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase.